I like the opening one. It's like do 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 Welcome to episode 61 of Coffee with Butterscotch. Is that a prime number? It's a boring number. All right, moving on. Is that a prime number? I feel like it is. What could you possibly divide it by? Something with a seven in it. The primes are easily some of the best of the numbers. Uh, This is Coffee (laughs) with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the web uh, imploder. I'm Sam, and I make pictures. I'm Carol, and I talk to people and also am the web exploder. Mm, yeah, it's a symbiotic plosion relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And today <laughs> is August 23rd, 2016. Somewhere in the world, at least. Yeah. In some places, it's tomorrow. Yeah. And in other places, it's yesterday. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Wait, is it yesterday is that, anywhere? It's probably not true. It's no, probably not yesterday yeah. anywhere. <laughs> we're, kind of on tomorrow a, we're kind of on the tail end. Of yeah, things. Of well, I like. Days? I think Hawaii is as far out. Well, yeah, as and far it's as I still know. today there, and it's definitely not yesterday. <laughs> not yesterday yet. Uh, also, anything can happen on this show. There's going to be cursing and profanity all and, over the place, and just just yes. general grumpitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> grumpitude. So uh, you know, cantankerousness. Yeah, if you get fired up about that kind of that kind of riffraff. You just get your keister on out of here, buckaroo. <laughs> okay. All right. Saunter on out so, that door. Speaking of keisters. Saunter. Yeah. I got I got something which you got re- in your I got keister. something real real nice bumping up against my uglies. <laughs> <laughs> right here. I don't think that meant what you intended it to mean. <laughs> Depends on where he puts it. This is a we got a we got a quilt sent in uh by Andy's mom. Yeah. Andy's mom has got it going on. She I almost really went does. there and I was like, maybe I shouldn't do it. Now nah, you, I you, you did. <laughs> this this I quilt is amazing. She made us a butterscotch color or butterscotch shenanigans colored quilt. Yeah. It's so cozy. Yeah. I'm a blanket fan. So we already had the one plush blanket. Yes. Which is silver and amazing. And I wrap myself up in it. Pretty much all the time. Carol has been requesting more blankets, I think, yeah. since, since you started working here. Also. Why wouldn't you? Blankets are the best. <laughs> That's true. They have been on the top of the priority list for weeks, and we still haven't gotten any more blankets. We added it to our five-year plan. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah, yeah, more we did. blankets. But I guess that could mean any time in the next five years. Yeah, so the, the core a- one of the core founding principles of this studio is to reach the level of success where we're all just covered in blankets just all the time. I would love it. That would be amazing, amazing actually. If the floor was just microfiber blankets. Yeah. Fees, fees, a lot of fees. people for their retirement plan, they try to save up, you know, money to retire on and we're just trying to save up blankets. Blanket money. Which, so you got to get also that retire money. on by yeah, sleeping. to retire on <laughs> the blankets. <laughs> to retire into a cozy cocoon of blankets. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. It's the best. And uh, speaking of Andy as well, Andy's been work. He's been working his buns off making an arcade cabinet. Yeah. For well, for we have like a million conventions coming yeah, up, but uh, specifically for PAX. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who wants to talk about arcade cabinets? Well, so it's it's interesting because it's a so Andy turns out to be a, a Renaissance man slash craftsman of all the things, and so uh, we tasked him with putting together a little tiny. Essentially, what what would be a mobile game arcade cabinet so that we can put tablets in it um, for showing off Crashlands and stuff at both PAX and Expo coming up here. And so we went and got materials from Home Depot and Office Max, which is yeah, also don't go Office to, Depot. No, they maybe. are owned by the same company. They're the same yeah. thing now. Which are they really? Very yeah. confused. But you yeah. don't want to go to Office Min because they don't have anything, they don't have anything. at no, all. They have like two pens. Yeah, it's just it's a guy. The minimum number of things required for it to be an office store, <laughs> but it's. <laughs> Maybe that's actually yeah. where you should go, because then you don't have decision fatigue. That's true. You're like, you just well, walk in, they I'll have, just buy they whatever one they pen. got. Yeah, <laughs> one pen, legal pads, one desk, one computer. You want pen? We have pen. We have pen. <laughs> <laughs> the choice has been made. But if you're the third person to go there for the day, there it's kind of like when you go to uh, Sugar Fire Smokehouse, and you go there at 7 p.m., like, we ran out of meat. We're out of meat today, so we're closed. You know, That's how Office Men operates also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We sold pen. We're no more pen. close. No fresh more pens. pens. We're out of fresh pens. <laughs> you know, right for at least twenty four hours. <laughs> We're out of fresh pens. Yeah, we. Uh, so Andy and I went to Home Depot and did some. Did some. I don't know what you call that. Uh, shopping, I think. Shopping, shopping things to build stuff with. <laughs> <laughs> 
feel like there's a fancier term if you're doing it for construction, you know? Mm. Contracting? That's where you're like, <laughs> no, that's contract get- shopping. Contraction. We did some contractions. We went to Office Max to find uh, good uh, cardboard material and decided to go with some foam board. So these arcade cabinets are super duper light. Um, but the best part was the first round that we went and bought them, uh, I was driving my tiny Ford Focus and these sheets of foam board are like six by four feet, I think, in diameter, or I guess, you know, dimensionally. And so I tried to shove them into my car and it just wouldn't work. And so I was like, oh man, we're going to have to, we're going to have to like break these, I guess, or something. And he's like, I got it. And just pulls the knife out. <laughs> <laughs> and so we do some foam board uh, surgery. Out of his tool belt. Yeah. yeah. Cause he just has one apparently. Yeah. So yeah, we did some surgery out in the parking lot and then shoved it in the car, brought it back, <laughs> worked it up. Um, I yeah, thought the, you always carried a knife with you too. Have you stopped no, doing that? No, I stopped doing that. No. I do. I do it's too. It's handy. I, yeah. Seth's argument was you, whenever you're in a situation where you need a knife, you don't want to not have one, which I think is fair. Yeah, because then you're like, oh, I gotta like cut this box open with my keys, like some kind of barbarian, yeah. and then and That's then your I house do. keys or whatever they will have got gooey shit, gooey in them. tape crap on them. Or yeah. I carry a machete in my purse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We only we only bring Carol into into the picture when it comes to box opening. We have like a really big box. It's, it's got to be like a pine. Like treasure chest. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also and that's weirdly, you use your crowbar. For the rest of the day, Carol just kind of lurks in the shadows. <laughs> just it's just holding the sharpening, machete. Sharpening my bowie it's, knife. Uh, I mean, when it's useful, it's useful, but otherwise it's a little creepy. Yeah. Just but, a little bit. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Everybody has quirks. You, you take know? what you get, right? <laughs> Speaking of uh, creepy from the shadows, Carol's got an art gallery story that yeah. I want to hear about. So, yeah. About. What you got? It's, it's, my mom, my mom's in town for kind of the first time in, in months, basically. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go out and get dinner and just wander around after dinner and kind of work off the pizza and just check out town. She hasn't been in St. Louis in a really long time. And so we decided to check out some art galleries. And she's an artist, so she wants to always kind of pitch her work. Mm. So oh, we're walking around. Business this, trip. Yeah, kind of. And so we're in there and she's trying to be really sweet to the to the gallery attendant. And meanwhile, I'm just bored as hell because it's not my kind of art. And I'm just kind of walking through the gallery, looking at stuff. I was like, okay, it's, Wait, it's an what kind indi- of art was it? It's what? What kind of art was it? It was, was it? sort of representational. A lot of, uh, there were some angels and some, <laughs> some landscapes. What were they, was it paint or was it? It was mostly the paint. There were some really weird, uh, like sculptures, like marble sculptures mm. of just normal modern people's heads. And that always weirds me out because you just have a stranger sitting in your house at that <laughs> point. But just, speaking, just of, <laughs> speaking of being weirded out, I'm wandering through this hallway and then suddenly I turn and I jump back and I'm like, why wait? No, that's my friend's mom on the wall of this art gallery. What? Was she Closed duct taped there or was it a painting? Was the situation? She, it wasn't like. Now she was just sticking it to it like a spider. <laughs> it was not Fatal Frame style flaying against the wall. Like where they tattooed like lunar symbols onto her flesh and pinned her against okay, the so wall. Okay, so she's for fine. Some weird... We established she's yeah. okay. She's no, not dead. It was, a, it was a really beautiful portrait of my friend's mom huh. in this weird ass basement art gallery. You should have bought it. I was, well, it wasn't for sale. So I'm looking at it though. And I'm like, is it her? Like, is that actually her? Or am I going crazy? And so I take a picture and I'm like reading the, the artist's name. I don't recognize the artist's name. I don't recognize the name of the painting as her name because did I think you... her name was like Lisa and it was titled like Melody or something like that. And I'm Wait, like, did that... you, did you look at the photo and see like a dark face in the corner of the photo? Like, like going, did you, <laughs> <laughs> did you capture part of the spirit like. world? <laughs> I think so. So I texted my friend TJ, who's also a game developer, actually. I'm like, dude, did I just find your mom in an art gallery in just the middle of Kirkwood, this <laughs> this suburban neighborhood? And he goes, what? That's her! <laughs> so, so he didn't yeah. know about it either? He well, So he, after a moment, he was like, apparently texting her too, because he's like, what the hell, mom? Why is your face on the wall? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. She did say she had a painting done of her once. And so Whoa. it just, just kind of blew there. his mind. It blew my mind because it freaked me out because it was one of those like eye following paintings. I was oh, like, stop yeah. looking at me, mom. Was she doing anything <laughs> awesome in the painting, like throwing lightning? No, or... she did look badass, though. She was just like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you can yeah. get a portrait done, it, you know, 
you should get something badass going on in it. Yeah. You gotta sit there for a long time to yeah. pose for those things. Yeah, it was or have weird. a picture taken. Now nah. they can't they can't capture the subtleties. They can't capture the three Dness. Yeah. Three <laughs> D for the three D <laughs> paintings. Yeah. yeah. So that's my story is just I found my friend's mom on the wall at an art gallery and it really weirded me out. Super bad. Weird. I'm telling you, you shouldn't have texted him. You should have just bought it and then, and then put it up it. and be like, hey, you want to come over for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> or even better, just package it and then leave it on his doorstep. Ooh. Oh, man. And then never say anything about it for the rest of your life. <laughs> your mama is so fine. They painted her. And then <laughs> here it is. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> you know how freaky that would be if you got that? Holy shit. If somebody yeah. just put a painting of your mom. On your doorstep. <laughs> I stole her soul. And this is, we, yeah, I think weird. I even mentioned Dorian Gray last time. Maybe it is. That's it's true. It's just a theme of these <laughs> podcasts. The Dorian Gray yeah. moment. Dorian now, I want to talk about a game dev. A game okay. dev. A game dev. What do you want to talk about? Uh, so, we have controller support coming to Steam Beta this week. And yeah, we're gonna Steam be- is a knockoff. Steam. Yeah, Steam. For those who aren't familiar with Steam. it. You yeah, just it has go a, to steamshower.com. S H T E E M. Steam Shower, actually. Steam Shower. Steamshower.com. Don't go there. Do not Google that. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably not it. a thing you want to do. Don't, get, don't go to the dark Google side it. of the internet. I'm gonna, I better go into incognito mode. Incognito mode. I gotta get a uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I, I've been working on... So the in-game stuff is pretty much done for controller support for Crashlands. So we're going to be doing some in-house testing uh, today and tomorrow, and then we're going to open it up for players to start beta testing around the end of the week. And I also came across... A hilarious violation of the don't repeat yourself rule, yeah. which if you aren't familiar with programming, uh, the don't repeat yourself rule is to never write the same code twice. Basically, don't solve the same problem in two separate places in two different mm-hmm. ways. Whole, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. Well, no, it's not only that. It's also because you always did it wrong. And you need to fix it later. Yeah. And so you, do you, you want to fix it? Times? Do you want to fix it 12 times or one time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's all about, it's all about recognizing how bad you are at solving problems so you mm. can solve them once later. So how did you, so what happened was do? we're going to, we have to go, we're going to rewind the clock. Take a walk down memory. Actually, night. this is, we're going to rewind the calendar okay. back to whenever it was that we were working on Crashlands. <laughs> okay. That was like 1983. 19-0-0-30. 1930 <laughs> at o'clock and we were so we we had sign we you know we have signs and crash lands and you can name your pets and stuff like that so i programmed an in-game keyboard for crash lands and so why did you use the in-game keyboard versus just using the os's keyboard uh, people have asked about this yeah as far as i can tell game maker does not natively allow us to use the keyboard that is you know like pops up on your phone or on your tablet or whatever no, this is a good time to reinvestigate yeah. Yeah, as yeah, far as you can tell. Well, except <laughs> now that we're doing controller support, we need an on-screen keyboard right. that can talk to the controller. Yeah, so regardless, it's, we it's need handy. One. Yeah. Um and then when we started so so that was in there. And then we started working on Bscotch ID as an in-game interface. And uh Adam was like, I'm gonna just code this up real quick. And so he put together a login system for Bscotch ID, uh, not knowing that I already had this keyboard started in Crashlands. And so he coded up a, a second keyboard for the login page. And while he was doing that, he was like, hey, you need to work on uh, getting the, you know, the, the friend messaging system and this other stuff put together in Bsketch ID. I was looking at the Crashlands keyboard and I was like, yeah, this thing's really limited. It's not very good, blah, blah, blah. I'll just make a keyboard that just exists inside Bsketch ID because it has to go to the other games too, mm-hmm. right? So, so we had a keyboard in Crashlands. Adam made a login keyboard and then I made a messaging keyboard. So now we have three keyboards. Keyboards all the way down. Yeah. yeah. And I am now hooking up controller support into Crashlands and also into Bscotch ID. And just like we talked about of having to fix the same thing multiple times, I'm now hooking controller support up into three different keyboards. Uh, Which so, is dumb. Yeah. So I'm not doing that. Instead, I have to rip out all three keyboards and plug in one new keyboard that's customizable that hooks up to the controller and everything. And that can handle multiple languages and all that good stuff. Yeah. One of the main reasons it'd be... Besides putting in passwords, it'd be really nice to have access to the device keyboard would be so we could actually support non-Western languages mm-hmm. because yeah. those we can't make a keyboard for because mm-hmm. it's complicated. Yeah. And why should we be? We're not in the business of making keyboards. No. After all. <laughs> we that's, make Vigi James. That's the shenanigans part. We're keyboard software. Just keep, <laughs> we make games and keyboards. <laughs> 
We just make games to support our keyboard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, key, the keyboard R and D wing. Yeah. So we're, we've got, uh, so this, this kind of comes back to what we talked about last week, which is, uh, you may look at something and go, Oh yeah, I could, I could code up controller support for that game in five minutes. There's a lot of angles. There's a lot of angles here that are not obvious at first. Like 45 degrees. Uh-huh. There's 13. There's two pi radians. Yeah. Well, we yeah. don't do radians here. But this is America. Quaternions. Quaternions. Those. <laughs> I shivered a little when the word came out. That's I, as freaky as fractals. Come on. Because I don't know what it is, but it has to do with quaternions. Yeah, that is it's, the thing. It's like X, Y, Z, and W. There's okay. like four. What does W There's do? Four, I don't about? know. That's the <laughs> problem. W is the number that rotates it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the rotation variable. It's the rotation. <laughs> Uh, uh, by yeah. the way, steamshower.com is available for purchase. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to throw that out there to all of you listeners who want to make a steam. Maybe alternative. That's, that's how we should build our, our own, you know, our own uh, distribution, distribution platform. platform steam, steam, steam shower. Steamshower. <laughs> yeah. Steamshower.com. Just boot up steam and download. Our- take a stick. Take a shower. As we also have here, uh, <laughs> we have something about a PAX Facebook event. What is happening here? So we mentioned it last week, I think, but we're planning on putting together a low-key fan meetup at PAX. Hey, Carol, when is PAX? PAX is September 2nd through 5th. Yes. It is You're next so weekend, sure not this it. coming. It's not this coming weekend. It's next weekend. And it's just because the flights, I'm confused because we're, we're getting there from the 1st through the 6th. And it right. is in uh, where? It City? is in Seattle. Or Seattle. Seattle, Washington, Washington. The Washington State Convention yeah. Center, because I know you were concerned about I, which convention center in Seattle. I I was gonna just check all of them, yeah, and just kind of figure it <laughs> Knock out. Knock on the way. door, yeah. Hi, is this Pax? Hi, <laughs> hey, excuse me, where are the video games, please? This is right because when we were at Indie Popcon, there was a gospel convention right next right next door, and I just wandered right in there, and yeah. it was. There was a sudden, I was like, everybody's cosplaying like Assassin's Creed. Everybody's everybody's cosplaying as like middle-aged dress-wearing women all of a sudden. (laughs) It was very weird. The same thing happened at Wizard World St. Louis this year. It was a makeup convention right next to the comic convention. And so there was this weird sudden transition of attendees when you walked past the makeup convention main hall. And it was all these women who had spent an extraordinary amount of time making themselves absolutely beautiful. And then there's also all of these women and men who had spent an extraordinary time making themselves look fantastical. (laughs) And so just like seeing that transition of just people who cared about their appearance so much. And it was just really, really cool to... I feel like that's a, that's a great intersection. It's, yeah, it's a really it is. Cool. I wanted to sneak into the I feel like both convention. groups could learn a lot from oh, each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Serendipity. Yeah. That's what that was. Oh, my God. All right, well, let's talk about, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the, the PAX, I guess the, the point is. The point the, is yeah. we're planning a PAX fan meetup. We're going to be posting it to Facebook. So if you RSVP there, it is going to be, we're looking at Thursday evening. At there's a Starbucks roastery downtown that we're looking to do it. Yeah, so a roastery, a roastery. Oh, that's where they burn all their coffee. Mm-hmm. You say burn. I do you say burn? <laughs> <laughs> Adam used to work in a roastery. I, well, I did a little, and he burned his own arm. I did. I still have the scar. Oh, they can't really see him. They're below my Adam hair. roasted those beans so hardcore that the whole thing burst into flame and shot melted plastic all over. It the only room. melted a little bit your onto arm? your arm. Yes. <laughs> It was good times. He's got the scar to prove it. I do. See can it. you see it? Yeah. Oh, I can see a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Hardcore it's, coffee scar. It's scars. just nasty. Mm-hmm. It's nasty looking. Yeah, so we'll be we'll be having that going on when we go to PAX. And aside from that, I want to talk about something uh, which we, we get into a little bit on the podcast every so often when we talk about feelings. industry news. Oh. Feelings also. We talk mm-hmm. about those. I was just wanted to guess. See if um but we read, you know, we read all the all the industry blogs and such and keep up keep up with the latest happenings and what you might call the the thought leaders, you might you might call them that. You might I just that. scoffed. <laughs> I would I would send uh, share your sentiment. Adam was scoffing. So uh, the interesting thing was that we have oftentimes seen I don't know people proclaim you know well lots of things like the mm-hmm. Indiepocalypse for example, mm-hmm. which Adam debunked somewhat. Yeah. Maybe he debunked. I don't I'm know. Might he might have just bunked it. We don't know. I just put some bunk on it. Yeah. yeah, he added bunk to it. He yeah. bunked it. So Adam bunked the apocalypse. Just uh, a little bit. 
after people have been freaking out about it. And that was basically caused by a bunch of people saying, oh, it's so much, it's so much harder to sell games now and no one's buying them, et cetera, et cetera. And a uh, quick analysis revealed probably not really a thing that's mm-hmm. happening. It turns out it was always hard and still is. Yeah. And so a lot of times when we go to these industry blogs, we'll see articles that proclaim similarly strong voiced opinions about things from people who claim to know what they're talking about. So two of the most recent ones I want to touch on, uh, one of which is, again, and this shout happens, I think, about every four days, somewhere in the mobile sphere, where someone announces that premium is dead. So in other words, <gasps> again, again, it's still dead. It, it's di- still dies a lot. It's like a zombie. Where right? the yeah. road goes. <laughs> I got a tear. So, I'm shooting a tear out of my face. Yeah, we're t- we're tired of doing a send off. You know, a beautiful song send off for yeah. We've had a lot premium. of we've had a Light lot of Viking empires. funerals. Yeah, yeah. We can only sing so much Enya in the studio. That's true. Yeah. Can so, we though? <laughs> is there really a limit? But I just want to talk about that for a second because I think uh, this is something that Seth and I found this trap very early on, which was uh, hearing what a lot of veterans were saying about the way the games industry works, following that advice, and then getting I uh, I mean sort of screwed by by doing that, I guess. And that was in the case of Tau Fight, our first game where we put out a game that was premium in a marketplace where we didn't have any uh, mind share or anything like that. Didn't No one knew who we were and it just bombed super duper hard. So I want to talk about... And we got no featuring on it. Yeah, we got no featuring. We knew yeah. nobody. We knew we didn't even know how the system worked. So um, I just want to talk a little bit about, about that idea of either the idea of premium is dead uh, or just the idea of, of how to approach, you know, learning on the internet from supposed veterans. Well, okay. The first question is, what was, the, why did this individual this time, this time, this time around <laughs> say that, uh, just decide that it's dead. Their studio put out a premium game. Uh-huh. So the same reason that everybody always says it's dead, which is a sample size of one, a sample size of one. <laughs> they make a game. It fails. They don't understand why, because certainly, I did everything yeah, right. certainly I did everything right. Mm-hmm. And it's yet no Therefore success. The market failed. Therefore right. the market failed. Um, yeah, so that, that was the rough. Yeah. Okay. So same as always. It's yeah, it's the usual, (laughs) you know, the usual, uh, you do hear this a lot though, of people saying I did everything right. Mm -hmm. It didn't work. Therefore what I did wasn't the problem. Yeah. It was a whole variety of other factors. Or they could say, you know, the, the avenue I went down, which is what this one kind of is, right? Like going down the premium route versus the free to play route is what the problem is. Yeah. But the, I mean. If that were true, I mean, because the, the counter to that means that if they had made whatever this product was free to play, then that difference, the, the choice to do that instead of the other would have been sufficient to make it a success. Which might have been true, actually. Might have been. I don't know. I don't know what the game is. Yeah. But it may be the case that um, if it was something that people weren't sure about or whatever, you know, if you put it out there for free, people will be more likely to download it, obviously. Yep. Um, but that doesn't mean more likely to pay for it. That does, Yeah, that doesn't mean anything beyond you'll get higher download numbers. Yeah. Um, because you also, if you make a free-to-play game, you have to re-engineer a whole bunch of different aspects of it to try to uh, find ways to still make back your investment in building the game mm-hmm. and, you know, pay for the next one and yeah. stuff. And so. as a reminder, downloads are not a form of currency. Right. You cannot trade those in even for actually, I tried to they, have a, they have a conversion between exposure bucks. Exposure bucks yeah. and download dollars <laughs> pretty much the same. have a pretty yeah. good conversion rate, but you can't convert either of those into real money. Yeah. And actually, we had this conversation last week. Um, we were talking about sort of the merits of making a free-to-play game versus making a premium game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we've, you know, over the, over the past while now, we've started taking a stronger stance toward uh, just doing straight-up premium games, right? And so we have these kind of internal debates every now and then about whether or not that's really the right thing to do. And if we're missing out on something by, by doing that, cause you know, it's never good to just take a hard line stance on a thing and then just perpetually stick to that yeah. ideology. Um, but I think we're still, uh, at least me personally is definitely still in the camp of for us, premium games are the way to go. Um, because of when people jump into a premium game, they're coming into it much more voluntarily with intent. Uh, because when, when we have all of our free games out there, so we have four free games and one premium game and the uninstall numbers on in the first 30 seconds of playtime for a free game is upwards of 70%. It's a totally different mentality. Which is standard. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. And it's because when people get a free game, they don't do any research about it. They don't care. Like there's no, there's no obstacle to make them make a decision. They just get it. It's right? like, oh, that looks fine. That looks fine. Yeah. That looks fine. They'll download 10 at once. Mm-hmm. Yep. So people make the decision off the icon 
maybe a screenshot. Um, they're not going to read the description of the app. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they don't really know what they're getting into and they don't really care that much. Cause they haven't had to put any, they haven't had to put anything down to, to receive it. Right. Um, so the, the people you get into a free game are just, it's just a different mentality. It's a different group. of. But people. even that doesn't even matter because yeah, you get all those people and those people either just uninstall your game, never play it. Or if they do, don't pay you anything, but you still also get the very same people who would have bought the game up front in the first place. And those are the ones who still buy it from you. Right. Right. So basically when you go free to play, you bring in a huge group of players who don't play your game at all. And don't give a fuck about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you bring in players who will buy it, who are the same players who will buy it. Right. <laughs> it's the same. Group. Well, right. the, the, and the difference is, and I think if you think about it from a, uh, a CEO perspective, mm-hmm. you'll have the question of, okay, if we sell the game, then that group, that 1% of, of people or whatever, they will give us $5 or $10 or whatever. They'll buy the game and then that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the draw to larger companies of, of, sort of foregoing that upfront income in exchange for just a constant, uh, a constant beg, right. Of have of like selling consumable items to people and saying, we don't want people to spend $10 in our game. We want people to spend $10,000 yeah. in our game. Yeah. Well, I think it's, and that's it actually is, a thing that happens. Yeah. And it is true yeah. that you can, that you, you can make much more money with a free to play game than you can with a premium game, but it's off of the same people. Right. That's interesting. And so you have to ask yourself, are you okay with a human being Spending $10,000 <laughs> on a video game that you made. Yeah. I mean, it gets into why people find free to play shady in mm-hmm. general, mm-hmm. Right. because you're getting the exact same gameplay experience or a, a lesser gameplay experience because you have to keep buying in in order to extend it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just put the money down at, at, up front, it's like, there's your game. Yep. Right. I'm and confident think, in this game. Yeah. And I think, well, it doesn't go, let me just get back to the, the idea of the, the question of whether premium is dead, right? And mm-hmm. like, why do you think it is that this, this comes up every like couple weeks, essentially, in the industry as far as a, a proclamation? No one ever says, premium is alive and kicking. I literally, have, I don't, you don't see that. I, I think there's a, a couple of factors, but it really just comes down to people don't have access to good data about these kinds of things. Yeah. And if you, most people's uh, expectations come from looking at the, like the top charts, right? The top grossing or like, you know, whatever. So if you look at the top grossing games on Google play or iTunes or whatever, um, you're going to have just free, 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 free. I think probably out of the top hundred, I would venture to guess that one of them is paid. It's just Minecraft. And it's probably Minecraft. Yeah. 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 And so it's, so if you're trying to start up a business and you have people on your payroll and you're trying to like make a game studio and make a living making mobile games, I think it's really easy to, to interpret that as that's the path of success. Yeah. 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 And so, and I, and I, and you know, we actually, we had this conversation after we launched Crashlands because it is the case that with the amount of uh, exposure that we got and the feature treatment that we got and stuff like that, um, and looking at looking at the revenue we got from Crashlands versus the kind of revenue that a game you know that's a top performing free game gets daily, um, mm-hmm. even two years after launch, what we got was was you know essentially zero right. by right. comparison. But importantly, we did fine, and we're comparing that to right. a top chart. Exactly. Game, a company is, of yeah. thousands of people right. with, you know, mega servers and, yeah. uh, yeah. So here's my estimation. Hmm. Both freemium and premium are dead for games that fall short. Yeah. 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 And that's basically the same thing we found out with the indie apocalypse, right? Which is, it's not that making, it's not that making and selling games is any harder than it used to be. It's just the fact there's more people doing it, period. So, so as a result, has more failures. Yeah. There's more failures. There's also more successes. And it's just the case that, uh, good games, with a good monetization scheme that is like appropriate for them. And, and a also good, good, good feature. Good marketing, mm-hmm. good we'll PR, well. good promo. Yeah. That's basically just as rare as it always was, but now it's in the background of many more people trying. Yeah. Which and I'm not, feels like failure. Yeah. I would like to, I'd like to clarify that when I say games that fall short, I don't mean bad games necessarily. Yeah. yeah. You have to it's hit like, so many metrics outside yeah. of the game itself. It's to be so successful. hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard to do that. And it's, it's something that I think a lot of people, I mean, they'll get comfortable with one particular style of promoting their game and one particular like way of making games. So mm-hmm. they're like, this is the right way to do it. When in fact, there's no right way to do it because the right, right way to do it is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're looking for something in this case, external to cast blame on for the failure, right? It's very easy to point at the one thing when you're, because if you're looking at the chart, somebody made a free to play game and it fails, which happens 
All most time. of the time, thousands of times a week. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Per day. So, <laughs> so if you, knowing that fact, that should be sufficient to say free to play is dead, right? Yeah. Because it fails. The average free to play game will make less than. Well, yeah, yeah, but you can't actually. you can't get away with saying that because it's an absurd statement to make and the charts prove it because if you look at the charts, it's free to play games all the way down. Mm-hmm. But if you make that same statement, which is just as, as absurd for a pay up front model, right? Uh, you can look at the charts and be like, look, there aren't any pay up front right. games except Minecraft, which, you know, is an we all know it's an outlier that you can't mm-hmm. use that as reference for anything. Uh, now you can all of a sudden cast blame on that thing and, and point to the charts to, to prove it. Even though it's confirmation bias, it's confirmation we bias. Well, let me let me bring up something else I saw. So another one was an article um, by a CEO of one of the big mobile studios, and he was saying if you want to launch a new IP, so in other words, a new essentially a new world, a new universe that takes place in a particular game, something like Angry Birds or in our case Crashlands, which opens up a big universe, uh, you're going to need, and I quote, twenty to thirty million dollars. <laughs> so this is this is well this this comes right back to the thing that we ran into when we first started making games which is you have industry veterans working for large established studios um, throwing numbers out like this that are purely reflective of their specific situation. Yeah. Right. So maybe if, if like if Rovio or something wanted to launch a new IP, it would probably cost them that much. Right. Yeah. Because they could also put down that much is an important. Point, yeah, right? they could. Yeah. But yeah. And, and it's because they're, for them, the metric of success is not the same as our metric of success, right? Like we we need to sustain six people. They need to sustain. I think it's four hundred and fifty now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, also, there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> it's a matter of also the scale at which you want to launch. I remember yeah. I'd never heard of Candy Crush before. I think twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen, and they took over every single ad at GDC. Yeah, and so every game developer in the world suddenly knew what king.com was didn't they also they bought the lanyards they bought the yep. lanyards so, they bought signs all over san francisco yeah. billboards yeah so if you're gonna do that signs, shit, yeah of course it's gonna cost you 20 30 million dollars yeah. yeah and you make a splash sure but you also probably pissed off a lot of people by <laughs> <laughs> by slapping <laughs> by your brand all over your neck. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're but if your goal is to to be exposed to, to everybody and to have this really high roi where the where the R is very fucking high, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the billions high. In the billions right, or yeah. millions to billions high, right? Then then yeah, I was like I could see that, right? But if the blanket statement to launch a new IP, yeah. which means a different thing to every fucking person yeah. trying to launch an IP, to launch a new IP is going to cost too much. And the, to me, that's also reflective of, which we also make fun of a lot, the uh, the startup, the kind of the modern startup mentality of just throw you know 10 to $10 million at a problem with a bunch of people uh, and then solve it in one year, somehow spending all of that money. Hashtag yeah. growth. <laughs> Hashtag growth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maximum growth. Yeah. I think, well, a good rule of thumb is anytime somebody, I wouldn't even, this is, I mean, this is not restricted to games, but like anytime somebody who is considered to be uh, like a business leader in their field, if they start throwing out this kind of an idea, like a, a number of how much it's going to cost to do a thing or whatever, you always need to append in parentheses at the end of that for us. Yeah, because right. yeah. otherwise like, it's right. totally alienating to yeah. new developers. Well, that's, yes. that's the thing that worries them to me. Well, and it's if wrong. You, yeah. if, you're, if you're just getting into, for example, indie development, and you pick up Game Maker Studio for 50 bucks, or Unity for, like, what, free now? You can get it free and then with a subscription. So you're paying, you know, 50 bucks a month to make games, and then you're reading all these industry articles because you want to be involved and you want to know what people are talking about and try to figure out, you know, ferret out a place for yourself in the, in the industry. And all they're saying is this sort of stuff. You know, yeah, that's hugely problematic. As it it all lacks any nuance. Yeah, I would, I would argue that for most people, it costs under five hundred dollars to launch a new IP. Yeah, so not including, not including what time. you would pay yourself. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm just saying, Human if you're if you're a hobbyist, right? You're just you're just you're working your day job, and in the evenings you're making games. Hard costs. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. You know. Yeah, things you have to actually put money into. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're spending five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. No problem. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just want to touch on that because I it it comes up all the time. It will come up again probably in three weeks or so once this one falls off the front page of whatever site it's on. Um, someone <laughs> else will proclaim it, and it's it's hard to know if we should, if you know because we we try to be we don't want to give confirmation bias in the same way that these people are right, but um, we do have our own experience which is completely on the opposite end of the pole from these people, and it's always a curiosity whether or not whether or not that voice that part of the industry is actually being represented in some of these um, business spheres. I guess. Yeah, I mean in 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 game industry. Uh, blogs and websites and stuff like that. 
people love the big numbers. Yeah. Right. I mean, people love hearing from those who are running companies that make a hundred million dollars a year or half a billion or, you know, whatever, uh, it makes for good stories and it sounds impressive to people and, and it makes them sound like they really know what they're talking about and they do for their particular situation. Right. Yeah. right? Yeah. And that's but we should also, up. as, as Carol pointed out, you do, you should be paying people and yourself when, when you can, when appropriate. Now that we're an established studio, we don't get to not pay ourselves anymore. That's, that's mm-hmm. absurd. And we certainly don't get to not pay our employees. Right. So, <laughs> so if we're providing reasonable salaries for people now, it's suddenly not true at all that we could launch a game or a new IP for 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Now, if we look back on say Crashlands, you know, that's, that's three people's time basically for two years, two years each. So six human years of time when in this game, if you pay a human, a reasonable Midwestern salary, right. Of 60 K or whatever. Now you're talking $360,000 to, mm-hmm. to develop and launch a game. And so that's, it's not that's some money. That's yeah. That's yeah. Some, I mean, it's, <laughs> the it's margin not of success. Totally shifts. Yep, yep. Exactly. And, and so, but now you have to, recoup so it depends that. on your circumstance, right? It depends right. on your circumstance. And, and if you're trying to, and that means though that we have to recoup that on a launch. So now all of a sudden the money going in and, and the cost and the, and, and the ROI becomes very important. But if you're on the other end of the spectrum where we were, where we actually weren't paying ourselves during mm-hmm. crash Lives development, uh, it was our time going into it. We were trying to support ourselves in other ways. Um, then all of a sudden that, that equation shifts, right? And, and what success means in that scenario is quite different. Yeah. So what matters here, if you're trying to launch a thing, is what success means to you, right? And what, what your time is worth and what you feel like is reasonable for putting, for putting into a project. Yeah, we're kind of comparing commercial success versus creative success, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Are, are there people playing it? Are there people enjoying it? Are there people buying it enough for us to fund the next thing? That's creative success. Right. Commercial success is, are people buying it enough for us to grow and build a company? And buy other companies and pay our CEOs $100 million. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, you got You got to keep those CEOs happy. Yeah, have, they are yeah. the most important person in the I world. I mean, yeah. where, where else are the one percent going to come from? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you got to you got to keep them keep them going. Yeah, keep feeling the beast. All right, well, let's move on to some questions today. Um, questions. These questions come from podcast.bscotch.net. You can hop in there and ask them anonymously, or with your bscotch ID, and get a sweet avatar if we decide to answer your question. Uh, this week we have plenty, so let's dive in. Uh, the first one is from Darth Binary. One zero one one. That's a pretty um, cool name. If you were in the Olympics, what sport would you do? Also, he had a, he put do in caps, and he had a second thing that actually got upvoted above every other question where he said, "I did not mean to put that in caps." <laughs> <laughs> it had like six or seven up. I know it was the most upvoted thing this week. Um, it was my favorite use of caps I've seen. Yeah, in which, a while. which sport would you do, and what why? Would you do? Add that in there. Uh, Oh man! So is this like if you were in the Olympics now, or sort of like if you you just decide if you have made a decision, you know, dealer's choice at the appropriate yeah, moment to what, start what training? Be, no, what would be like your optimal? Or what would be your favorite sport to go compete in? Hmm. Like, what would you want to go do and be known for as an Olympian? An I Olympian would like of I would like to be an Olympian of um, making art in coffee foam. Oh, you're talking about not actual Olympics? Well, I didn't say that. Yeah, just be a real sport. I mean, I'm not (laughs) like I'm not a real Olympic athlete, so it stands to reason that whatever sport I do would also not be a real sport. What would the structure of this coffee foam art competition be? Speed. So you'd be sort of like other things. You're you're rated on you know speed and. There'd be multiple points that go into it, right? So, mm. so how fast can you put it together? There would be a time limit. Probably. I'm assuming yeah, but when you finish your cup, you have to do the gymnast's, you know, flare stand out. <laughs> yeah, you no, you just, no, you just, no, yeah, you just smash the cup on the ground. So they have to, they have to look at it real fast. (laughs) But then also put your arms up after you smash it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a mic drop kind of a. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And you get, you get points for like cleanliness. Like how much foam did you get on your face? You know, how vicious do you get more points for more foam on your face or fewer? points? It depends on what you're going for. If your face becomes part of the foam art, (laughs) right. If you're, if you're doing sort of a whole, if it's like a, if it's a beard that then drips into the coffee and swirls into some little, little foam beard. It's like, some county fair stuff. Yeah. Yeah. County fairs are probably more interesting. They're than basically the Olympics. The Olympics. Mm-hmm. So here's what I would do. What would you do? It sounds it sounds kind of trite, but I would do gymnastics, but not normal gymnastics. Okay. okay. 
I would do abnormal cat, gymnastics, cat feather toy gymnastics. Okay, with a cat. With a cat. <laughs> so it's, like a, it's like a ribbon dancer, but you have a cat. Exactly. <laughs> and you're you're graded based on how well the cat actually performs, mm. based on your performance. And so you could get totally fucked if you get a tired cat. I don't know if I would ever entrust anything to a cat. I as trust far as I'm <laughs> you know my whole life to my cat. <laughs> They're so shifty. It's great. This I love is the it. cat that was bar- barfing all night. She barfed all night, <laughs> yeah, for a good half old, hour all good night. Good old cat. Yeah. yeah. Adam, what would you do? Uh, I mean, I guess if we're going the whatever we want route, <laughs> I'm going to go with armored unicorn dressage. Is just dressage is the little dancey dance, yeah. horse dancing. It's horse dancing, but I want to do it with a unicorn because it's way more glorious. But what kind of armor are we talking about? Like full plate, chainmail, yeah. full studded plate. leather. It, well, it can be whatever you want because that's part of what you're scored on, right? Is the stylishness mm. and utility. So it's a fashion of your, show plus battle horse unicorn exactly. dancing. Yes, competition. Because I think dressage right now is not does not have enough. I mean, I apologize or- to you people who just love the fuck out of horses. For some reason. Oh, no. But dressage, I mean. You can say some equestrian. Are you going there? Although, Equestria is a great place. I would never talk down to Equestria. That's true. It's made of horses. Yeah. Yeah. The people of Equestria. (laughs) The people of Equestria. (laughs) But I don't know. Dressage is just, it's just horse dancing, which is fine. But it's more about. What what do you mean just (laughs) horse horse dancing? Carol's got a good point. This is a horse dancing But why does the award go to the person? Ooh, I mean, because a horse doesn't know what the hell is going. I think on. Oh, it seems unfair though share. that that you get to use another creature as the thing that does all the cool stuff, and then you get a reward for that. I mean, which I, this is true of your it. cat dancing. Well, too, yeah, would the cat get a medal? It seems Heck like yeah, the cat would get the medal. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't deserve. It seems that. like cats should compete to have the best. Yeah, well, person. I think I think the bigger question sure, you know. is is really just one of you know, yeah, it's horse dancing. Why is it? Why is there just horse dancing and not seal dancing every other cat kind of animal dancing, dancing. i want a full-on zoological olympic experience oh my yeah, God, human be amazing. control over fauna yeah <laughs> sort of a like a druid class oh my of God. olympian the druid olympics has to command various animals that would be amazing yes i yes, want to please i want to see like a dog holding on to the fin of an orca doing flips through like a fire hoop or something <laughs> On land. Of course, they're all properly well taken care of and yeah, very of happy in their normal day to day. Just lives. like humans in the Olympics. Yeah. I know you guys fine for everybody. I know you guys are going fantastic with this, but I think the one Olympic sport that is the best to me is throwing javelins. <laughs> <laughs> Can they be on fire and or have glitter trails? We could, yeah, we could do whatever did you, we want. Did you see this thing about how in javelin throwing they've actually had to try to cap it so the javelin never goes further than 100 meters. So they change the javelin every year to make it harder to throw. Yeah, because people get better at throwing javelins when you're throwing them yeah. every day. Yeah. Did you also see that there was a guy <laughs> who, like, I don't know, 20 years ago or something, he used the spinning technique to throw his javelin because you can throw it way further that way, and they banded immediately. Sort of like a rifled bullet kind yeah. of thing? Oh, it's because, like, a, like a shot put almost. Yeah, right? like a shot yeah. put. Because you can throw it way. He, so he's, he, has, he still has a record, except they kind of nixed it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently it's the... But it, of course, if you let that go at any given time, you're It'll throwing a javelin somewhere. <laughs> you know, like they get, he threw it like 120 meters or something like that. What's well, like, yeah. my point? Is like as as fantastical as, as your guys' creations have been, we get to pretty we weird ones sport, already. We have a sport where people throw sharp sticks as far as they can uh, in in a walled in. We have a series room. of with tons of people in it. Yeah. I mean, we have a series of weapon real. I mean, shot related, plays the same. Right, I feel like yeah. it's the same, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a ten or just thing. Uh, the, what is it? Biath- biathlon? But or Bi- where you shoot one. things and you do cross country oh, skiing? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, a lot of them are hunting slash archery. They're, yeah, it's well, Whoa, it's all right. from what the Greco Roman era yeah. mm-hmm. in the Colosseum. Let's all fight lions wait, with wait, that knife be. teeth and dance our horses and dance our horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone slipped in. There. So here's another question, though. How do they add new Olympic sports? Because I know they've been doing it basically as a they've been, they've added a few, but mainly to equal the balance of men's and women's sports. But they haven't added like a new sport. Well, they had to because basketball is in there. That's a pretty new thing. Right, but like, how, what's the process for that? You know, like what what? Because uh, what I'm saying is, so many of the Olympic sports are so ridiculous. Actually, biathlon, throwing javelins at people, you well, know, not like, at people. I think well, I mean, I think there are people there. That's my point. Well, it's actually the Greek gods. That decide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Basketball. So you, yeah, Olympics. 
Yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> has to make a pilgrimage to Mount Olympus. <laughs> and they, and they do Oracle. a vote. It's like by committee. Yeah. You know, they're like, I would like to add cat feather dancing. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I assume so Liam Neeson is there. Yes. One of the Greek yeah. gods. He has <laughs> skills. He's a special a per, set of skills. Just a particular, which is deciding what sports go in the Olympics. Right. That's mm-hmm. his skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. I think we've, we've dwelled on that for long enough. Uh, next question comes from Nichernu. I do that not is a hard one to know how to pronounce assemble. this. Uh, Naturno asks if you could have created any existing game that currently exists that you didn't create. Wait, say that again. <laughs> say it more slowly. If you could have created any existing game that currently exists that you didn't create, okay. uh-huh. <laughs> which one would it be and why? So, what game do you like that you wish you made? Basically, why does everybody keep asking us to make other people's games? I would make I think Journey. It's, just, it's a general curiosity about you know where your your game values lie. Mm-hmm. Carol wants Journey. I want Journey. Why you want Journey? Because I think it's one of the best games ever. And you want to, because th- here's the thing, because this means you want to have made it versus yeah. like just really dig that game. Well. So you want to have made that game? I like, if there's any game that I would love to make in the future, it's the kind of game that would give me the same feelings that I had when I made, or when I played Journey, right. basically. Mm-hmm. So okay. something that's deeply affecting and super moving and just so beautiful that you want to cry. Well, so at least for like, me. <laughs> I cry, so I cry all like, the time, uh, though, as you guys know. <laughs> Kind of like Goat Simulator. Yeah. 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 Similar. Deeply, Deeply affecting. affecting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you weep. Uh, have you heard of the game The Amazing Frog? What? Is that game. Frog Fractions too? No. Although I wish I would have made Frog Fractions. <laughs> that is a trip. Now, The Amazing Frog <laughs> is this dumb game. I think it came by default on the Ouya or something. And I'm pretty sure it's now on Steam or coming to Steam. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's it's basically like a <laughs> physics game. It's a it's not really a game. It's more like a physics playground where you play as this really hard to control frog man, anthropomorphic frog thing, and you don't have the ability to jump, but you do have the ability to just go limp. Yeah. And so, <laughs> oh, I've seen this. Yeah, and so you just have to try to like navigate this this obstacle course by basically like falling onto and over and around things. Yeah. And it's amazing. They, <laughs> so they I were, wish I would have made that. They were demoing that at GDC a few years ago at GDC play. And it was hilarious. It oh is, my God. Ragdoll physics are just one of my favorite things yeah. in video games. And this is basically a game about just being a ragdoll. And for some reason, you're That's a frog. Awesome. I don't know why. <laughs> Adam, what do you think? I, I honestly like the, it just it just speaks to your values. Yeah, I don't I don't like the idea game. of taking away somebody else's achievement and take it to myself. Just but this this is an alternate reality in which you've just I was just it. the one who you just the one who made so it. So in this alternate reality, <laughs> you get to decide which of those devs stops existing, <laughs> and Ooh, you get I their game. You their life absorbed and, their game. So who do you want to here's destroy? The thing. <laughs> I don't actually. I enjoy the the game and business making process. So which game and business making process would be most interesting to you based on the games that you've played or business? I think, but it's, it's like they're, they're all just interesting as long as you're solving problems that, that you haven't solved before, which for me is basically any game we work on and will continue to work on. So are you, abs- you, know, are you abstaining? You are you abstaining? I'm just going to have to abstain because. What? That's plead, fair. Plead yeah. fourth. That's a fair stance. I'm pleading Make a decision. The, the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody search or seize this man. Is that, is that I'm going to plead the yeah, second. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Don't bleed the second. <laughs> Get your amendments in order, people. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if you if you take the dark approach of like, so if you were the one who did this and you got to destroy an entire line of dev. of devs, <laughs> yeah, a whole, a whole lineage. We're gonna run into some political uh, difficulties if we answer that question mm. in that fashion. In the form no, of, I do. In the form of taking over an a person's life and absorbing <laughs> what their whole existence. But I'm going to keep it to myself or <laughs> post podcast. I want to know what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think if I could just have made one of the games that I've played that currently exists, that is an existing game yeah. that you didn't create. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that does exist. But I, it exists. I think the one, mm, the Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes game, which for those of you who haven't played, uh, you can play it without. You can play it with VR or without, but it's a bomb defusal game that you play with a buddy. And your buddy has a PDF that has all the instructions about how to defuse the bomb based on various things in the game, but they can't they can't look at it. And you can't look at the instructions. And so it's essentially a game of verbal 
communication skills plus bomb defusal. And it is it's intense, hilarious and so intense. You can probably find some videos of it on YouTube. Um, but I just, I love co-op games. I think are always really fun. Yeah. And, that and it gives you cool. the opportunity to reenact the Archer scene. All the M time. as in Mancy, M as in Mancy. <laughs> which I have used on multiple occasions while playing that game, but it only works. The other person has also is also aware of that. Archer scene. Yeah. All right. Let's next question. Uh, how much time we got left, Seth? Where are we at? Oh, we got like, like 10 whole entire ten minutos. Minutes. All right. Uh, 10 this, whole minutes. This one might go deep, might go shallow. I don't know. Uh, the question comes from Alan Falcon. And it is, what is your quest? <laughs> what is your quest? My quest is the quest for games. not games. <laughs> not games. Yeah, that's my quest. That's Seth's quest. <laughs> Seth's quest is a quest for games. My quest is the quest for understanding the universe. Hmm. I can never reach that goal. But you can get you can get probably roughly zero percent of the way there. Yeah, that's my intention. It. If I round it, <laughs> that's my intention. <laughs> yeah. You can really I never have, fail then. That's a good quest. So I actually <laughs> have chosen right. I actually have a three-part quest, and this is in my in my to-doist. I have three separate projects. I have the quest for gains, the quest for brains, and the quest, <laughs> the quest for, for trains, and the quest for games. Oh, yeah. Is the quest for brains involve you becoming a zombie at some point? Yeah, but first you want to learn a lot of things. And first you have to get the gains so that you become the ultimate zombie. Ooh, you mm-hmm. become like a tank. Yeah, so, so the quest for gains is just all about <laughs> trying to become a healthier, more fit human being. It's all about yeah. physical body health. Mm-hmm. So eating well and taking care of yourself. And by well, you mean giant piles of meat. Yeah. Okay. That's how you've turning into a, <laughs> turning into a human meat pile. Right, yeah, uh, that's right. You're converting huge piles of meat into yourself being a huge pile of meat. But, I, really but I also consider things like it's the quest for being beat. But I also consider things like uh, yeah. keeping your house in order and keeping your space free of clutter and whatever. Mm. That's all part of the, that's all part of riding the game train. But not the okay. brain train. Could also be the brain train. It does. It helps, but your brain is part of your body, so it's a little bit. There's a little bit it's of overlap. Brain gains, so it's part of the game quest. Right. Yeah. So the que- then the quest for brains is just about. It's about absorbing new brain skills and brain powers and mm. learning new things about the world. Putting little nuggets in your ear that mm-hmm. then expand. Some whiz nugs. Yeah. <laughs> Wisdom nuggets. Like rice in the belly <laughs> of a pigeon. Yeah, rice in the belly of a bird. So that you explode. Yes, explode. your brain explodes. Is that actually true? I don't know. I was just wondering. I don't think it is. There's no way. So. Rice doesn't like... expand to that much. For a bird. <laughs> for a bird three times its size is quite a bit of size. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, man. Some humans can eat like 180 hot dogs. I would think that if a bird ate a bunch of rice <laughs> and the rice expanded, the bird would just throw up. Why would the bird explode? No, man, they got, they, they got, they got a Do seal. they have like a one-way valve? They're, yeah. <laughs> Their esophageal sphincter unless, is like titanium. It's just like unless they're feeding coming. their baby birds and then they're like blah, 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 yeah. Googling vomit just constantly. They do. It's, yeah. like, it's their pellets. jam. Yeah, they got a real good vomit oh, yeah, control. Owl pellets are awesome. Adam, what you find? So cool. I, started, I just started googling can rice X, and it's the fifth, fourth option. Can rice explode birds? What's the answer? That's what I'm going to find out right now. Mm. I just like that. That was that. Nah, it just makes Answer. birds super bummed. All right, so you're on the quest for gains, brains, and games, and games. Yeah, that's a hard games, as in Mancy. Game M as yeah, M as in Mancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's just trying to find good games to play. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot simpler of a quest. Wait, to or make or to it? play? Which one is it? To to play. Ah, to learn stuff. Oh, so it's a quest to discover. Gotcha. Yeah. How about you? Apparently, you I cannot think... explode birds using rice. What? Surprise. My, my world. <laughs> wait, wait. What can you explode using rice? It depends on how fast the rice is moving. That's right. That's if right, you have Sam. a rice gun. A plus, Sam. Yeah. If you have a rail rice gun, a rice rail. Yeah. Yeah. I am on the quest for exploring creative expression, uh-huh. either through my own means or helping other people explore their own forms of creative expression. Mm. I think we need a snappier title for this quest. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, you got to be able to market this quest. The quest, quest. for creativity. Quest pression. Quest, quest. expression. We'll work on it. We'll, we'll work on it. But I like it. It's yeah. a good quest. It's my quest. You can't have How's it. How's it going? It's fine. How many objectives have you completed? I, well, I, I've launched a couple games. I'm... Helping out here, I'm drawing daily auto bio comics that no one will ever see. For the self. Yes. 
yesterday's was about my cat. Nice. Vomiting? <laughs> no. Oh. Snuggling under the covers. And, and then, then vomiting. vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow's will be about the vomiting. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Now we got time for one more question. Okay. Quest. Uh, what if, this is very important, this is from Racing for the Finish. What if a zombie bit a vampire? What? What if a zombie bit a vampire? What would happen? Vampire zombies everywhere, of course. Well, what does that mean? Vampire zombies means exactly what it sounds like. Vombies. Do zombies have blood? Uh, well, you're thinking of a vampire bit a zombie. Oh, yeah. Was it the way around? Zombie the other way around. Zombie bit a vampire. Yeah. The vampire's already dead. Bit a vampire. Right. Vampires are classified as I think undead. they're alive. No, I think they're dead. It depends on what lore you're, they sleep in coffins, you're thinking don't about. They? Yeah. <laughs> they okay, they're pretty they're dead. Dead yeah. people they're are just dead in coffins. So, yeah, I don't emo. think it's. Yeah, de- I mean, depending, depending <laughs> dead on. Dead people the... also sleep in coffins. No, no, they just are forever. dead in coffins. Well, they're sleeping. No, but that's not sleep permanently. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, semantics, Adam. What were you saying? Well, you know, you, th- you think about something like Buffy. And somebody gets bit by a, by a vampire mm-hmm. and they die. They're buried. They rise from the dead right, okay. as a freaky vampire. Mm-hmm. Right. So so it depends which lore you're dead. in. Yeah, yeah. Let's exactly. roll with that mode. Let's roll with that. But what that about vampire? the supernatural mode where you get disease? The supernatural the show where you get a disease for a while. So you get like fevery and stuff. And then you start just craving more and more murder. And then you just start. Is that a vampire or a zombie? It's a vampire. Wait, are vampires just zombies Whoa. that drink blood and are conscious? Yeah, I mean, if you can turn into bats. like if you're talking about like dying and being buried and rising from the dead, that's the same difference. That's pretty a much a zombie. Can right. Buffy vampires turn into bats? No. Okay. That's just just pretty Dracula. Much Dracula, the main vampire. Sweet. Dracula is a ba- is a druid. Are zombies and vampires right. in the same realm? Like, do they the share universe? the same? There's uh, the you know. There's mm. the, in the they un- do in the underworld supernatural movie series. Underworld, mm-hmm. yes. That they have vampires and werewolves and zombies. They have zombies? Or no, they don't. Do they have? They don't have zombies. Hmm. It's just vampires, and werewolves. Have, has anybody ever seen a zombie and a werewolf? Wait, a zombie and a vampire together in the same room? Oh my god, they must be the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Do you, do vampires wear glasses? For chance, this is a case wow. where they just take their glasses off and it's actually a zombie. It's like Clark Kent. Oh. <laughs> They have, a little, they have a little like curl of zombie hair. My question oh my though God. is how much of your personality carries over to your zombie self? Oh, because right. so, that's the best major difference. Well, right? depending yeah, on the if person. You're, if you're just biting a human and that human just becomes a dummy zombie because they were a dummy human, then there you right. go. But if it was like a superhuman Which is also vampire, why there are so many zombies. Well, <laughs> zombies. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead, they kept their friends as pets. Spoilers. That's true. I apologize to anybody but who they hasn't seen that very, film. They were unconscious, though. But they were, like, friendlier, weren't they? It's been a while. Uh, I think one of them was playing video games, sort of, but yeah, also so trying they, to eat his friend. Yeah. They maintained a little <laughs> bit of their personality in spite of the fact that they had an insatiable craving for brains. Well, let me ask you this. How much of your personality is, is dictated by not wanting to eat brains? You know? Because... <laughs> Or or not wanting to bite people's necks and drink their blood depends on you know, strong I, urges. Because I, mean, I feel like one, I feel like you know if all of a sudden I had this overwhelming need to break into people's homes while they were sleeping and bite their necks and drink their blood, that might impose some changes on my sense of self. Your day to day, yeah, my personality. <laughs> That's true. If you will. Would I be the same person? I don't know. I mean, you just have to learn how to control it. What? So here's a question for you. So zombies bite the neck. Yeah. Zombies, vampires bite, zombies bite the, the everything. Vampires, yeah. well, they want brains though. So vampires bite the neck, right? Or the wrist, if you're thinking true blood. Right. Zombies go for the brain. So if you made a zombie vampire, would it just bite you in like the cheek? Just like get yeah. halfway in. Yeah. Well, the brain, like, is, <laughs> the brain is very highly innervated. There's a lot of blood There's plenty in, in there. Mm-hmm. So if you were a you zombie vampire, brain? you could still just go straight for the brain. Interesting. Nobody I would. figure we just average the distance between the two and they just go for your, <laughs> go for the your cheekbones. I had boyfriends that do that. It's really <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe those boyfriends were half zombie. <gasps> now, isn't it isn't it the case though? Just also, isn't it the case that vampires are they magical? Because you got to use like special things, like garlic that they're like scared of or whatever, or a it's like a wooden stake. So you're saying zombies are viral theoretically. Zombies are dis- like d- a disease, right? And vampires, vampires are, magic. are magical. So you get mm. a magic disease. That's the worst kind. Yeah. <laughs> Real hard to scrub out. Yeah, it's hard to get that out. Yeah. You got to use a lot of spot shot. (laughs) (laughs) Some Windex. I think that wraps it up for today. Yeah. 
We don't know the answer to this question. (laughs) It's very complicated, as it turns out. Yeah. Too many lores. Too many reboots. uh, You know, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell your various prime ministers, presidents, and whatever else you call your nation's leaders about this podcast. I think. Tell your CEO. Your CEO. Barack Obama has been made aware of it. Um, I believe the prime minister of Justin Trudeau Mm -hmm. Canada made aware of it. Yeah, we're getting some real good political pull. Good traction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shout out to all the world leaders out there. Yeah, you know? let's let's lobby for b- coffee with butterscotch. Also, yeah. the thought leaders. Yep. Yeah, maybe tell, tell your local thought leaders also. Yeah. but tell them to talk about it and not just think about it. Yeah, because yeah. nobody will hear about it if they just think about it. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks. Okay, bye, bye, bye. bye.